Hey, everybody. Welcome to Relish This, the nonprofit marketing podcast. I'm your host, Stu Swineford. I'm the co-founder of Relish Studio. We're a digital marketing agency committed to helping nonprofits thrive. My guest on the show today is Stacey Sanders, and she is the executive director of Elevating Connections. And Elevating Connections is this amazing nonprofit that helps siblings who have been separated during foster care uh, come together. They also have some support mechanisms for kids who are aging out of foster care here in the state. And they, they just do some really neat stuff to bring people together. Our conversation today was really fantastic. I had a, a great time talking to Stacy. We connected a couple weeks ago and um, discussed some things about her business, and I thought she'd be a great guest, and so brought her on. We talked about escalating engagements. We talked about all of the different stakeholders that nonprofits might have, um, really thought outside of the box a little bit in terms of, of how to re-engage some of their donors and, um, and talk through some of the assets that they have and how to best leverage those. I think it's a really great show. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, here we go. Thanks for joining me today cool. on the show. It's really good to see you again. We've uh, had our first conversation last week and thought it'd be fun to bring you on today. And um, I have I have a lot to talk about with you, I bet. So Stacy Saunders <laughs> from Elevating Connections is with, with us today. So Stacy, tell, tell us a little bit about you and how you came into to this nonprofit world in which you live. Well, happy to, Stu. Thanks so much for having me on today. I love talking about what I do, so um, thank you. Um, I am a lifelong Colorado, Colorado resident, so born and raised right here in Colorado. Um, and I, love, I love my home state, and I want to be very clear about this. I love Broncos, no matter how they're playing. So I'm a diehard <laughs> from um, um, I am the aunt of four kids. I have two sisters and um, my mom. So um, just, I love Colorado and that's a quick nutshell about me. Um, and in terms of my work and how I got into this, so I got into child welfare. Um, I'm the founder and executive director of Elevating Connections. Great. And so I got into child welfare nine years ago um, and working for a CASA agency, which is Court Appointed Special Advocates. And we work with uh, volunteers who advocate for kids in foster care. And shortly after that, I was at a statewide conference where one of the uh, workshops was siblings who were separated in foster care and learning about Camp Tuvalong. I'm like, wait, what? I was so new to child welfare. I'm like, what do you mean we separate siblings separate or we separate siblings? So I sat in on this workshop and, and listened to folks speak about the impact of that and about Camp Tuvalong. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, um, I can't imagine what I would do without my sister. So I decided to jump on board Camp Tubalong and help bring it to Colorado. Okay. Um, and Camp Tubalong, which I know I'm saying very fast, but it's Camp <laughs> Tubalong, um, is an international organization. It's a week-long summer camp where we reunite siblings separated in foster care. So there's 13 camps around the country and one in Australia. And so in 2011, I said, yeah, I'd love to bring camp to Colorado. Fast forward to our first year in 2013, and I've got two years under my belt in child welfare, and um, camp is amazing, and I know somewhere in my head, I'm like, this is turning into something. I didn't know what exactly, but in 2014, I mean, I have such a passion for it. In 2014, the person who brought camp to Colorado, she and I were talking about how amazing camp is. Um, one week a year to get siblings together is not enough. 
Right. And so decided at that moment, literally six years ago, right about now, um, to start a nonprofit from scratch. And um, focusing on the sibling relationship and impacting what is, quite frankly, one of the most important relationships any of us can have. Um, so if you think about for those folks that have siblings and that impact, it's, it's lifelong. So our siblings are the, are the folks that we learn how to problem solve with. We, you know, we get mad at each other. We make up with each other. We defend each other. Um, we play pranks on our parents, all of that. Um, and that's how we build our relationships. And as we get older, those are the folks, my sisters are the ones, you know, I turn to in, on good days, bad days, everything in between. Right. And so they're our touchstone for our whole life. So when we think about the kids who've been separated in foster care, the impact is huge. It compounds their trauma. And so the, the idea of working with them and addressing that population where nobody else was in Colorado, I'm like, it's okay. Right. I found my calling. Right. Well, it's hard so, enough. I, w- I can only imagine. Unfortunately, I, I didn't didn't have to go through foster care or be separated from my brother. But, uh, you know, it's got to be hard yeah. enough just to be in foster care, much less to have, you know, this anchor kind of ripped away from you. Um, that sounds like really, well, important and, and challenging work. It is both of those things. I absolutely love what I do, but there are days... Um, where it's really hard and I have conversations with um, parents or foster parents or, or kids who've aged out of the system and have been separated from their siblings for years and have no relationship with them saying to me, Stace, I wish you were around when I was a kid. Right. Um, to give them the opportunity to, to make memories and, and build that, that very important sibling relationship. Right. Um, but I'm thrilled that we're here and that we are able to offer the programming and the activities that we do. Um, so starting a nonprofit from scratch was never in my plans, but I'll tell you what, it is absolutely what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, that's so, great. It's, yeah, it's fun, yeah. fun to find our calling for sure. So yes. do you work with, with uh, people of all ages to, to reunite siblings or are you primarily working with, with kids who are in the foster care program now or, Tell, tell us a little bit more about, about what you guys do at, um, at Elevating Concern, or I'm sorry, Elevating Connections. Um, so we, we work with older youth and siblings. So we have two, two programs that we, we added in an, uh, an older youth program, which I'll talk about. But the siblings, we, um, for camp and most of our programming that we do, because we do connecting events throughout the year to get them together. Um, so around 8 to 18 for okay. the siblings. So we go a little bit younger for our day activities, um, but overnight camp, you know, eight to 18. Um, but we also will work. Um, and then we, we added in when we started elevating connections, we knew we wanted to have an older youth component and, and connections is a really key word for us, mm-hmm. which is why it's in our name. Right. Being older youth who've reached out of the system without finding a permanent home, connect to their community and to us and, and resources. And so um, to that end, we, cr- we have created our Empowering Youth Expressions program, which allows older youth to speak their truth through spoken word, poetry, song, art, comedy. Right. And we have an annual poetry jam and we help connect them to them to their community. And really it's been amazing to watch them be empowered to just speak their truth. There's no limit to what they can talk about. Um, and so those youth are up to age 25. Okay. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So we want to work with, yeah, we want to work with older youth. So in the state of Colorado, kids can um, stay in foster care until they're 21. Okay. And for older youth who find a permanent connection, I really recommend that because there's so many more services and resources available to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 21, it's like, okay, bye, thanks. Um, so we want to provide a, a connection beyond that and let them know that they always have a safe place with us. So, That's great. It's like a place um, to land after they after they kind of age out of the system a little yes. bit. Exactly. Exactly. So are a lot um, of those and, kids then becoming part of your program in terms of of helping uh, some of the other kids who are who are younger than them in foster care, or are you providing really just a support network for them? How does that relationship work? That is um, evolving. That's a great question. So it is something. We want our older youth who um, have started working their way through some of their challenges of being out of the system and being on their own to mentor and and support and role model for the younger youth. Um, And it just kind of happens organically with with the workshops that we offer and the um, activities at camp and things like that. It just happens organically where the older youth kind of step into this role model um, uh, role. (laughs) (laughs) Better word. and we're hoping down the road to be able to uh, expand that a little bit and have more of a mentoring program with our older youth and our, our younger youth. Right. Because um, there's so much power in that. Like I, I tell them the poetry jam and the writing workshop started because I got to hear the poem of a 15-year-old girl who wrote, wrote about being separated from her brother. And it occurred to me then, which that was in 2018, that I can't, I can't tell their stories. Right. Um, well as they can and I shouldn't really try I do because I need to <laughs> but they speak their truth and tell their stories and same thing for older youth mentoring younger youth they can't I can't relate to their experience very well because I was not in foster care and I was right. not separated from my siblings but the older youth can so it's something we want to expand that sounds great so that's a great segue yeah. into the uh, my next question, which is around your goals in terms of of where you're trying to to move the program, particularly you know as we kind of move into our giving season here um, through yeah. the the remainder of of 2020. And then you know what are and and certainly there's a lot of question marks in terms of how <laughs> we're going to be doing this on a go forward basis. But but you know looking at 2021 and what you're hoping to accomplish. What, what are some of those goals, um, both to kind of close out the year and then, and then move into, um, into opportunities for, for next year? Um, great question, and which I've given a lot of thought to. So we have done uh, a really good job of pivoting our programming um, during the pandemic. So we took our, our um, annual poetry jam, went viral, <laughs> didn't go viral, I wish. It went virtual. <laughs> Um, so the youth said, Stace, we still want to do it. So we did that. Our summer camp, instead of doing an overnight camp, we managed to do a day camp. Um, and we've still offered programming and support and we're offering technology support to our older youth, um, providing tablet and technology hookups so they can stay connected. So to that end, it's made me think a little bit about differently about what we need to do going forward. So to finish out the year, really our year-end fundraising campaign is going to be about um, raising money for that technology and helping our youth stay connected. And then always raising money to offer more programming and get ready for camp next year because camp is is an expensive endeavor. Right. Um, 
and our long-term plans and hopefully next year is the year we find funding for staff. Um, for the last almost six years, I've been the unpaid executive director. Right. Um, and so we're very much hoping that we find some um, a fairy godmother out there or a grant. <laughs> Gotcha. Um, that, yeah, that will help allow us to do that because we have really big plans, um, for our youth long-term. And so we need a, we need a paid staff to, to make that happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so those are some of our 21 goals. Okay. It's ter- in terms of the grant yeah. process. Are you, are you, mm-hmm. is that, are you in the middle of that process right now? Do those, when, what's the season for, for grant writing and, it's all year. It's it's all year. There's different grants um, that come about. This is a big time to be writing grants, and we're actually um, because I work a full time job in addition to elevating connections. Right. Um, and so is my board. So we're actually in the process of hiring a grant writer. Okay. Um, to help us do that. Okay. Uh, we have discovered that we can't. <laughs> well, so, um, but we have some grants too. We're looking at some smaller grants right now, um, but. We're in the grant writing season. Gotcha. For sure. And ideally, what's the number, uh, you know, what what kind of number are you guys trying to hit to to fund everything you want to do next year? So if I had my full operating budget covered for what we want to do, it would be about $250,000 annually. Okay. And that's pretty bare. That would be two full-time staff. Okay. Um, and all of our programming and, and some infrastructure that we need to, you know, to run. So, okay. um, benefits and insurance for camp, those, those kinds of things that have to have to happen so we can do our programming. Right. So, um, and then how yeah. many, how many campers do you guys bring through your system every year? So, so it varies every year because it depends on how many volunteers we have. We have a very okay. strict ratio of adults to kids. Okay. Um, are to have 50 campers approximately every year. Okay. Um, had, um, our biggest year ever was 49. We got to, to 49. But over our the years that we've had camp, we've served over 200 siblings. Oh, that's fantastic. Our summer camp and connecting events. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. But we will always be a primarily volunteer-run organization. So we will okay. have, you know, nonprofits. There's a misnomer out there that nonprofits shouldn't have to have too much staff or, or pay people to do it. I'm like, okay. Um, yes, but it doesn't get done. Yeah. <laughs> we have dedicated but we will always be, we have a tremendous volunteer base that we're always expanding. Um, and so we will always be a primarily volunteer run organization. That's great. How many volunteers do you guys engage per year? Do you think? So we are, I, I just sent out an, invi- an invite for, um, we're having a virtual happy hour with my volunteers because I wanted okay. to connect with them before the end of the year. And so we have about 50 um, okay. in our like core base of volunteers, which is, pretty cool when I added up all the numbers. I'm like, wait, what? It was very exciting to, to see those numbers uh, grow. And so every year we add new folks to our to our family okay. of volunteers who about our mission. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Um, and then yeah. do you, are, is there any, so one of the things we like to talk about, sorry, I've got a little tongue tied there. One of the things we like to look at <laughs> is, is what are your, your different stakeholder groups that you're trying to reach? So what I'm hearing is, you know, there's obviously this volunteer group. There are, um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a group of, of, uh, of kids who need your services. There's donors 
And then my guess is that there might be some other tiers of donors in terms of, you know, kind of single donors versus kind of super donors and then potentially core donors or, uh, or, um, you know, sponsors. Um, and so when you think about all of those groups, have you done any analysis on those to see what commonalities you might find in, in those groups that, that you could tease out in terms of, of when you start looking at targeting and, and trying to, to build those user groups? We've started doing that more this year. Okay. Um, and taking a look at what are the, who are our people and who do we need to be reaching out to? Um, and, and how do we, how do we target them? Um, So we're starting to do that. And the corporate piece is a little, it's a little more challenging, Mm -hmm. I think, um, in finding ins into, into corporations. Um, but what I do find the commonality between doesn't matter if I have a $10,000 donor or, um, a $100 donor commonality for every single one of them is the mission speaks to them. So, because family, it's about family, it's about connection, it's about maintaining that sibling relationship okay. and giving voice to youth. Um, so, I have yet to have any person that I've talked to in the last six years say, Stacy, that's the dumbest mission I've ever heard. <laughs> um, so, that's a connection I have. And then we work um, in terms of resources and supports and working within the system. We have caseworkers from the Department of Human Services and attorneys and um, all sorts of folks that we work with that serve the families. So we're part of that network too, um, which is not part of fundraising, but it's really a part of our infrastructure and making sure that we're meeting the needs of the kids that we serve. Yeah. So so that might be another stakeholder group that's kind of like a vendor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's not exactly the right, uh, the right word partner, partner vendor kind of relationship where they're supplying some sort of, um, you know, uh, tangible, asset, whether that's, um, you know, advice or, or consultative work, yeah. or things of that nature. Okay. Yes. So yeah. one of the things that, that sometimes occurs and, and it'd be certainly interesting to, to explore for you is how people might escalate through these different stakeholder groups. So seeing a lot of times what we'll see is, is volunteers turn into small, small donors, small donors kind yeah. of turn into big donors, big donors sometimes bring their, their businesses or their, um, you know, the, the place that they work in as corporate sponsors. And so there's an yeah. escalation, um, you know, in, in the, in the for-profit world, a lot of times you hear this talked about as a value ladder where, where you're basically kind of transitioning people from one type of engagement to another type of engagement and really looking for opportunities to, um, to latch onto those, to those things and, and see how, um, how to do that. Do you, have you seen that pattern in, in your user groups at all, or is that something that's maybe not, not common at, at, uh, at your organization? Um, we're starting to see that. I think what, what connected for me the first year that we were doing this, I was very focused on, we need to find funding so I can get paid because the, the mission is so important. And what happened, my focus wasn't on mission. It was more on let's get me out there so I can do this full time. And yeah. when I switched back to think about what is our mission more that what you just talked about happened and is happening more. So I can look at our volunteers or some of our donors and know exactly like do that six degrees of separation and, and know where they came from. Okay. That's um, great. They came to us. And so 
through that, some of our volunteers have brought folks in um, that have turned out to be big donors. Um, so we had some volunteers that brought us a, a $10,000 donor last year at our annual fundraising event. We had, I had no idea what they were going to give us. And, and there it was. That's great. Um, and yeah. And they, um, I don't, and they were back this year. I, they sponsored, they did a sponsorship for our annual fundraiser. I'm not sure if I have a check waiting for me. We'll see if something's <laughs> coming. Television connections office, but, um, sure. but they came back. And so, um, what I'm discovering and learned a few years ago, it's really about building relationships mm-hmm. and, um, and letting it start. You know, if somebody comes to me with 50 bucks, that's fantastic because $50 fills a backpack for camp for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we bring them they either volunteer or they bring somebody else in. But, um, and I want people to keep coming back to our organization in whatever capacity they want to do it as a volunteer, a donor, um, whatever speaks to them to support our mission. So, um, so I don't know that I have a formal plan like you were talking about, but right. really I just, I, I talk to people and then some of my returning, my team talk to people and bring folks in. And so, um, and it me, it's just kind of crazy where things lead. Yeah, <laughs> so, it really is. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting yeah. the the connections that we make. And, and that's one of the things that we look mm-hmm. at it with, with marketing in general is particularly in the nonprofit space, you know, marketing and, and this desire for, an increased revenue for the for for the organization tends to be thought of as kind of a dirty word in, in a yeah. lot, of, and mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of things that that nonprofit leaders hear when when they get not when 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 they open up their books and show that they've spent X amount of dollars on marketing. And mm-hmm. one of the things, well, there there are a few things around that 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 we encourage, and the first is is you know really accepting and understanding that that marketing is is an investment in your mission and it's it's all right. about expanding your mission and so if if you can can find a mechanism by which you can put a dollar in and get $10 out and that helps you reach you know 10% more kids or yeah you know buy buy 50 more laptops or fill a hundred more backpacks then that's not that's that's all about expanding your mission so it's all mission based and so reframing that in in one's mind is is certainly an effective uh effective thing to to do just so that we don't get caught up in in this idea that it's Mm -hmm. that it's not right to to take that money and and try and try and enhance that mission. Um, Right. And so, you know, I I think that, I think that that language is, is important. And then the other piece of it is, is really talking about a a spend. And a lot of times we do use that language just in our own, in our own minds in terms of I'm spending this money, Uh, but, you know, actually we, we really like to, to reframe that conversation and, and talk about investing because when someone's making an investment, the idea is that you're getting something out on the other end. It isn't just money out right. the door. It's, it's not just money right. out, out of the hands of, of, of your stakeholders. It's, it's money leveraged for a specific purpose to, yeah. to reach more people and to be, be able to bring this mission to, to more people. And so, um, you know, just that reframing, I think sometimes really helps a lot when, when just discussing it internally. Um, 
And I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, are you trying to expand the board at this point? Are you trying to bring more board members on? Is that, I, I think I remember. Yeah. That. Yes. Uh, we have one or two uh, spots open. Okay. Um, and we're look, looking forward to expanding our board. Um, we have a couple of uh, candidates that we're working with right now that I think are hopefully going to work out. Oh, good. Um, but that will still be on our board for um, at least one other person. Yeah, that's that's uh, great, and I think I think looking at yeah. that board as a as a valuable resource that um, that board members and I I serve on a couple of boards, and and certainly this isn't my unique idea here. I was talking to a friend of mine on the podcast just the other day who, who mentioned this, but you know your board should be doing a lot of lifting for you, and whether that's bringing yeah. um, expertise to the table or or bringing, um, you know, dollars to the table in terms of, of activating, um, their network to, to help. Um, you know, that's really, really something to, as you're, as you're bringing board members on really, really considering, you know, exactly what, uh, what role this person's going to fill and how they're going to, to enhance what you guys are doing. Absolutely. And I have a really great board now and the folks we're considering are going to bring, things to the board that we don't currently have. Um, we did a board analysis and kind of our needs last year with uh, consultants that we were able to use a little grant money for um, and figure out what our needs really were. And so we've been using that now to figure out what we still need, right? Um, which, which is great. And we have a, a great board, but yeah, having a, a board that's dedicated to your mission and willing to do something with that dedication is very important. Right. Um, yeah, I'm lucky enough to have some really good folks on on board my board. <laughs> that's so. that's fantastic. So, you, yeah. did you guys just have an event, or are you ramping up for an event here, kind of we into this holiday season? It. Okay. And are you? Yeah. And you're, so, so you're still seeing some residual things coming coming in yeah. from that. Yes, a few things. So it was, you know, we obviously went virtual. Normally, it's a dinner. Um, right. We did the pivot like so many people are doing this year and did a virtual event. And we celebrated our fifth birthday. Um, and it was a, a birthday party, okay. <laughs> which we went with the birthday party theme one because it's our fifth birthday. But we have a birthday party at camp because siblings oftentimes don't celebrate their birthdays together. Mm-hmm. So it's anniversary, we have birthdays. Um, anyway, so we, we did about an hour and... 10 minutes or so of programming and um, some entertainment and, and ask and, um, you know, raising some money with our community. So it was not our most lucrative one. Okay. Um, but based on, you know, how much it cost us to do it and which right. is a lot less than a different, <laughs> um, right. I'm still uh, pleased with, uh, with the outcome and we're still tallying things up, but um, it was quite a pivot. It's a very different experience to do a virtual event. Oh, yeah. And in person. So, uh, but I have, you know, I'm grateful to our community and uh, for, for coming out or, you know, turning us on Zoom in their living room um, and celebrating with us. How so. many people attended the event? Do you know? Um, so it's hard to tell on Zoom, but we, you know, with the tickets we sold and from the people I could see, mm-hmm. we probably had about, um, 65 or 70. Okay. Um, I was depending on how many were in the, in their houses. <laughs> so, right. Right. Um, yeah. How many tickets did you sell? Do you think? We sold, and I should know this answer off the top of my head, but, um, 
We have three sponsorships. And so we sold like a guy, about 35, 30 tickets or so. Um, and you had about probably 70 people. Yeah, but with Zoom, yeah. So mm -hmm. it's a different, you know, different scenario. So because I could see into people's homes and how many people were with them. Sure. So. Right. Okay. Yeah, so we probably had her maybe 60, 60, 65 folks. Okay. Well, that's so. great. And and then I'm assuming yeah. you collect and you don't know information about you don't the, know what to expect. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. You I'm sure you collected information about the ticket holders at least. And so you have email addresses yeah. and things of that nature. Okay. Yeah, last year for the first year, we decided to hire an events company um, to help us run that portion of it. So all of our ticket sales, our sun and auction items, all of that, everything that happens that night goes through that site. Okay. Um, and then we can keep track of everything and all of our donors and what they did. It's And check out at a live event in particular is, or an in-person event is, oh, it's night and day. It was amazing. So um, I would highly recommend when you get to that point, it was worth, it's worth every dime. Cool. Um, oh, to hire, hiring a, an events coordinator. Yeah. So, and the events part of it, like my team and I, we still planned the event, but the, um, the folks from the company that we use, um, help us do a lot of setup on the, on the front end, um, in terms of ticket sales and getting the site up and the night of the event, they run check in, check out, um and the live any if you have a live function or cash or the direct appeal all of that's done and then they, there's the reports that are generated afterwards are really really great that's awesome um, and some yeah like it was it was great that's really great <laughs> so, advice I'm um I'll yeah. ask you afterwards uh, if you're if you're willing to share their information and we can put that in the show notes. Or, oh, absolutely. Or would you like to yeah. put their information in the show notes? So yeah, it's um, yeah, it's one cause. Um, and okay. I did a lot of research on um, different companies, and they spoke to me. And we've had uh, we have, they have a great team, and um, we've had the same person the last two years run our event for us. And so it's really great. They really become your partner in in helping you have a successful event. Oh, that's, so. that's just amazing. I know that, you know, this is really a, cool. an area that a lot of people are, are mm -hmm. wrestling with right now. And, and, and it's yeah. hard. Sure. Yeah. So it I'm going to ask a yeah. couple more kind of asset questions. So in terms of, yeah. of engaged, you know, volunteers, it sounds like you've, you've reached about 200 total kids over the lifetime of the organization um do you have an idea of how many donors you have or how big your email list is or things of that nature i do um and so the 200 kids is the siblings we yep. with the old group that we work with so that's another probably 75 oh, okay 50 to 75 so um yes my mailchimp mailing list is um about a last glance it was about 1200 people oh that's that's a good um, solid list Yes. Okay. Um, and we have, we are, I have in the years, six years we've been in existence. Um, I've never done a mailer. We do everything social media and electronic. Okay. Um, so I don't have the capacity or the desire to do, or the expense. It's so it's expensive yeah. to do those big mailers. So yeah. we do a lot of social media and a lot of electronic reach outs. Okay. And, and that. So, and how many donors do you think you've had over the over the course of your your oh five God. years? Um, boy, um, that's a good question. I'm. We've got to be in 
a couple hundred, probably more than that. Okay. Well, I have a, I have yeah. one idea for you that I'll I'll just yeah. share I'll share now and it's a little different but you mentioned that you like to have birthday cakes at all your events because uh, and because yeah. everybody wants to celebrate birthdays with with family and a lot of these kids haven't had that opportunity. Right. What I what I might recommend or what might be interesting to to explore is going and buying however many cupcakes you think you need to send out to particularly to, to donors to allow them to celebrate with you and, and say, Hey, this is a little bit late in terms of our, our birthday party that we had last month, but we'd like for you to, to celebrate with us and wanted to share this cupcake with you as uh, a part of our, our mission. And just, to, and then you can tell that story about why, why, you know, a birthday cake, yeah. is so important. you know, this would be certainly an expense, um, but um, yeah. you, you know, you would want to package them. You'd want to make sure that, um, you know, that they were sealed up and all that stuff. My guess is that there's probably a company out there that will, that would do this for you. Um, you know, I yeah, have to do some research, but yeah. my guess is that you could get someone to actually do this for you. But even if you picked, yeah. you know, a hundred people or 50 people that mm-hmm. you thought were, were pretty good candidates to get them back in the fold in terms of, of oh becoming a, a donor. Um, I think that, that that would, would be something that would be, you know, really different. Um, and as we move yeah. into this digital world, um, you know, getting something physical is, is a real treat. And right. so, um, you know, that might be something to look into. It's a great idea. Um, cause we're, we're working on our year end campaign. So right, right now, and that would I am pretty darn well. So, yeah. uh, that's a good idea. And we actually had found a bakery cause we did send some I got some cakes for some of our top donors and um, my board and stuff for our event the other night or a couple weeks ago. Right. So. Yeah. So, um, yes, I mean, that might be something yeah. to, to explore, you know, never be afraid to ask either. I think that that's another thing that, that all of us are a little nervous about doing is just asking for the thing that we're, that we want. And, you know, yeah. it doesn't hurt to, to really just be very specific and say, Hey, um, you know, maybe not only in this cupcake idea, but just as you're reaching out, I don't know how often you go back to your email list, but, you know, just do have an ask every, every once in a while. It's just, you know, we're fundraising and we need your help and $50 fills a backpack and maybe, maybe show yeah. what, what all that puts into a backpack for a kid. Yeah. And, and that's another kind of reframing of, uh, of things that I think work works really well. In, instead of asking for for five dollars or ten dollars, reframing that into something very tangible that people can wrap their arms around. In terms of like, you know, for the price of of a six pack of beer, you can mm-hmm. you can do this for for a kid, right? And and for yeah. for the price of you know of of one one meal out. Um, that means this to, to some of these, some of these kids and just really, really starting to create very tangible connections in between, um, you know, the, the ask and, 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 and what that, what that does and what that, you know, kind of helps achieve. Um, 
you, know, you see that a lot with, you know, for the co- cost of a cup of coffee or blah, blah, blah. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it really does help people kind of go, well, I buy, you know, I buy 20 coffees a month. I can, I can afford to, <laughs> to skip one of those and, and, you know, give that to, mm-hmm. to someone who needs it more than I do. Um, and so, yeah. you know, th- those are, those are some ways to reframe. And that's a good idea. Um, we'd like to increase our um, monthly donor base. Mm-hmm. So we have a handful of monthly donors right now, and that's a good way to, to do that. We started with a new a fundraising platform um, earlier this year called Harness. And so um, that uh, would be a good way to do that. Yeah, I think I think that'd be great. I mean, it's always easier yeah. to sell to um to someone and it's not that you're selling necessarily it's it's easier to re-engage mm-hmm. someone with whom you you've already engaged than it is to go out and get a, yeah. a, a new person. Yes. So that's like the cost of acquisition. So particularly as you look at this escalating that, that we talked about earlier, um, you know, if, if that's a to get a volunteer, if you know that it costs you, you know, five dollars in whatever whatever you have to do, whether that's, you know, doing a pay-per-click ad campaign or, you know, whatever that is, whatever that acquisition cost is, that's a sunk cost at that point. And so if you can transition that person, you've already acquired them. So you don't have to spend any more to, to get them in right. the fold, right? right? And so just right. figuring out ways to to ooch people along and turn you know one-time donors into repeat donors and turn repeat donors into into regular scheduled monthly donations and and just yeah. figuring out ways to you know to escalate that. I I we we give to save the children as just part of our kind of regular deal. And, and, you know, a couple of yeah. times a year, they give us a shout and they say, you know, you're at this, you're at the $35 a month level or whatever we're, we're at. And, you know, for, for an extra $5, we can help, you know, three more kids or whatever, whatever their pitch is. Right. And it's always just like, well, right. okay. And so over the years, they've, <laughs> they've you know, gotten me to go from X to right to, you know, three X or whatever, just, just based upon the right. <laughs> asks and, and just escalating me as a, someone they know, you know, we've been giving to them since probably okay. 95 or something like that. So, you know, we, mm-hmm. we, we've been doing this for 25 years and they yeah. know that, I'm, yeah. that, that they can come back to this well and that, you know, they're probably going to be able to get a little bit, a little bit more yeah. or, or in, you know, just at least, and, and it also becomes an educational uh, opportunity. So it's not, you know, not always just about asking, but, you know, maybe having that script be, you know, all of the great things that you were able to accomplish this year and how much more you could do if, if you only could get to this $250,000 mark. Um, so those are some, some some tips to kind of re-engage. How often are Um, you hitting your email list? You know, not probably often enough. I do it around events or um, activities that are coming up. Um, so around the Poetry Jam, our annual fundraising event, year-end appeal, that kind of stuff. So okay. probably need to, I not probably, I need to engage that more. <laughs> well, there's only one of you, so I would certainly, yeah, yeah. You, know, um, you know, what you might do is look, yeah. into, look into your your volunteer pool, your donor pool, and, yeah. and, um, and see if someone might be willing to help with that in either creating content or just helping manage the send, um, just to, to take yeah. a little bit of that lift off of, off of your shoulders. 
Um, yes. Again, you have you have this this crew of people and a, and a you know reasonably reasonably sized uh, email list, uh, and so one of the mm-hmm. asks might be you know hey we're looking for some social media support or we're looking for some email yeah. support. Um, does if you know if you have an interest in in helping out in that capacity, we'd certainly love it. Um, and, you know, and just give people the opportunity to to do a little bit more, because um, that's that's yeah. another thing that we've the, that I found with with one of the organizations I'm on is people are people like to be actively participating mm-hmm. and and you know yeah. and if you can give them something to do it, you know it it's a you know it's a it's a mitzvah in that (laughs) these these people now have something to talk about and feel good about and and they're contributing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think particularly with solo, solo, solo executive directors who are kind of wearing (laughs) all the hats, figuring out ways to, to take off a couple of those hats and, and, uh, and spread that out a little bit would be uh, something I would encourage. Yes, and I have done that. I have a right hand of my program manager um, who is uh, works very hard on the mission and also doesn't get paid. Um, so, and she has a full time job. And then we have some volunteers that have stepped up and have taken over some things. And I, and I, you know, as an executive director and the founder, you're like, I don't know if I want to let go of this. And I let go of some things. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. It's hard. And right? they do it. Yeah, and they do it as well or better than me. On, in some things. And so um, I'm like, okay, yep, here's more that you can do. So, um, and it's great because they want, you're right, they want to do more and it helps offer more programming and it takes a load off me. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to run an organization. Well, anyway. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, we always joke that you should look for for the things. So as, a, as an entrepreneur, um, particularly a solopreneur, um, you know, we, we have to do all the things. And so the first things that you right. should look for are the things that you hate and the things that you know that you're not very good at and, and have someone exactly. else do those things. And particularly if you can combine exactly. those two things and get rid of that, that's like the first thing that should go. Yeah, no kidding. Again, there's been a few things I'm like, oh my God, it's just amazing. So um, just to have some of those things, just some of the events that have been right. planned, sibling events that one of my volunteers have stepped up and I'm like, oh, Bless you. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, I can approve the budget and I can approve, uh, you know, the needs and the, make sure we're following all the rules that I have set. But, um, and then, and a lot gets done that I don't have to do. So it's great. That is, that is great. Did you yes. remind me, I'm pretty sure that you said that you did record um, the, the Poetry Jam and this last event. I, you know, I need to ask and see. I think we did record it, but I have a lot of recordings that I did in, for the event. So we're going to use some of them in our year-end campaign. So I've been okay. working on some things that we'll do. I need to get my... I, I made a birthday slideshow or our five years. So I'm going to get that out um, here soon and let people see it. So um, I just recently t- started using Canva and then mm-hmm. went ahead and got a subscription to Canva. Holy smokes, people. That's a little addicting, um, but also <laughs> super, you get some great content and it, and you can tie it. I'm still learning it, but you can tie it into your social media. So you can schedule right. like design and, so, and schedule social media posts from Canva. Right. Um, 
I will do because that's pretty cool. Yeah, Canva is a anyway. great a great resource, a great yeah. tool. Um, we yeah we use it a little bit. I you know we have some more advanced design tools that we use, but uh, but certainly Canva yeah. is is a really valuable tool, um, particularly for those people who aren't. Um, you know, aren't super design savvy and, and they don't want to have to have the expense of, of Photoshop or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a fantastic. Exactly. So yes. are you, it looks to me, at least on your site, I'm only seeing a Facebook icon. Is that the, the only social media platform that you guys are currently leveraging or are you working on some others? Clearly I need to get my Instagram on there. Okay. Um, so we just went to our website. So we're, uh, Facebook and Instagram are two. I I we've gotten much more active on Instagram in the last few months. Okay. So, uh, but Facebook has been where we've primarily been for six years. Okay. So. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, you know. Yeah. I think... Yeah, but we're definitely more on Instagram. It's such a different platform. Um, a lot more cheery. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Um, I, yeah. It's um, yeah. Having um, the photo focus and the video focus is certainly nice. Yeah. If, you know, this yeah. would be a place to to leverage some of those assets that were created during your events, and and just get some yeah. of that stuff out. Um, particularly, you know, if if you have permission to to use the poetry jam stuff, um, I think you and mm-hmm. I talked about this a little bit the other day in terms of of trying to trying to target kind of outside of your actual targets, yes. um, and so getting kids excited about mm-hmm. what they're seeing and having them tell their parents about this amazing thing. And then, you know, right. the, then those people turn into right. volunteers or donors or, or, you know, those kinds of things. And it's, right. it's a little bit out of the norm. I mean, normally you just think about who, who it is you want to talk to and you want to go talk to those people. But a lot of times if right. you can get, you know, an evangelist um, outside of that, that target, but, you know, but attached to it to, to yeah. you know, shout your your praises or whatever that phrase is to you know to to really advance your cause and advance that message. Yeah. Um, that can be really yeah. super effective just because it's not it's not a sales pitch at that point. It's not it's not coming from you know you asking something. It's it's wow my kid asked me about this and mm-hmm. and you know there's so much emotion that gets tied up in that in terms of you know how proud yeah. you are that they thought this was cool and wanted to bring it to you and and so it can be really effective to to look at your targeting and and then see yeah. what's around it and um and and kind of come in um you know from through the side door instead of the front door. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kids helping kids is one of my favorite things to do. I need to figure out how to leverage that better. Um, actually, that's a very good point. And I, um, now almost six years into this, I no longer, um, I've given up on the norm. I don't know what the norm is supposed to be for fundraising and growing an organization, but there are things happening and, and community partners and people on board with my mission that, um, if you would have told me five years ago, this would be the path that we took, I would have been like, <laughs> okay, you're funny. Um, right. and, now, and now I'm like, don't look, don't poo poo anything right. until you explore it a little bit. Right. So, well, it's all just about creating relationships and building, building those connections. Mm-hmm. And you, you do, you yeah. don't ever know exactly where something's going to go. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have conversations all the time that are, that they're like, well, I don't know. 
that was a normal conversation, but then it turns into something (laughs) kind of really fantastic. So, um, yeah, yeah, so just being, yeah, being, being flexible and, and, um, and, and thinking outside the box a little bit, those, those are, those are always helpful, uh, helpful things to do. I know we're always trying to, trying to figure out some, you know, new angle on, on how to, how to engage, um, with, with our target audiences and, and bring, bring real value to the, to the table. Are there, so are there any, any, so one of the things we, we like to talk about a lot is inbound marketing where you're creating a piece of content or, or some, something of value that brings people into the fold as opposed to necessarily going out and making cold calls and, and doing all this outreach type stuff. Are there any resource materials that you guys could, could develop for your, um, for your constituents that, that help help them get their arms wrapped around, you know, what the, what the challenges are, or, you know, we talk about, you know, white papers a lot. Those tend to be kind of more bottom of the funnel or middle, middle of the funnel type uh, content offers, but, but essentially those just tell your story in a numbers based way to allow people to understand how, you know, how much good you guys are able to do. Are there any other things of that nature that you think, people are looking for when they're, when they're starting to explore this, this problem with, with siblings being separated? You know, um, we've had some, um, some marketing things like that over the years, nothing very concrete and something I keep wanting to do. But what, what I find that is um, perhaps unique to the work that we do in the population that we serve is, People really want to understand what is the impact on the siblings. So the numbers are important and how many siblings are separated from each mm-hmm. other. In, in, in Colorado, it's, you know, hundreds into oh, over a thousand probably at any given time. Right. Nationwide, you know, mil- it's uh, not millions, it's hundreds of thousands of kids that are separated from one or more of their siblings. So really understanding one why, people want to know why it happens mm-hmm. and then the impact and then what they can do. Um, and so... Any presentation I give or any talk I give, I bring in some numbers and some concepts depending on the audience um, and what what they want to learn. Um, there's definitely... Um, so all my PowerPoints, all my presentations have all of that information. And we provide that at any of our fundraising events or say... Um, so for example, we... Um, in the first nine months of this last fiscal year, so the one that just ended, 224 kids aged out of the foster care system without finding a permanent connection. So one of the groups that we work with is Colorado Comedy Shows, the, the founder and, and owner of that. He's a great comedian um, and has embraced our mission. And so he's got a ticket. It says it's $224. Um, okay. and, explains, and then so we explain what that $224 is for. Right. Um, $24 equals the number of kids that have been aged out of the system and then helps us connect with more kids and provide technology or more contact. So, or content, um, contact with their siblings. So really thinking about who we serve and, and how to grab people in a, in a different way than the traditional fundraising and, and let me hand you a pamphlet about what we do kind of, right. kind of thing. People to understand 
the story and, and why we do this and why it happens? That's a big question that we get. <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, so that yeah. might be an opportunity to create some, some content um, in terms of, of either, you know, either an infographic or, or just an explainer, yeah. you know, so a digital explainer sheet um, that, that really, you know, a video, um, something like that. I mean, ideally what you're, what you're hoping to do is exchange this item of value for, uh, for an email address. So the, you know, the goal here is to just right. make your list so that you're getting more and more people that you're bringing into the fold and then, you know, you can get right. transition them into volunteers or donors or, or whatever else. Um, you know, however, it might be worth, you know, not putting that behind, um, an email or, or asking, asking on a page that you've vend that, that information. So essentially saying, here's the thing, if you'd like to, to stay in touch and learn more and learn how we're positively affecting, um, you know, these kids, uh, you know, here, sign up for our newsletter or sign up for our email. So Mm -hmm. really giving people that ability and you do have a subscribe, um, you know, feature down here at the bottom of, of, of your site. Um, but just getting that, you know, putting that to work a little bit, a little bit more, moving that up the yeah. page a little bit more, um, you know, really making that be, you know, I, I think that, that donate is probably one of your big asks, um, as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, making sure that those buttons are the, are the big ones on, on the page so that people know what it is that you want them to do. Yeah. Okay. So cool. Yeah. I like, I, yeah. I love it. I, I love what you guys are doing. I think it's great. I think you have a lot of Thank great, you. great assets and, and ways to, to kind of transform how you're doing things. I'm excited to hear how, how it all goes. Um, as, as Thank we you. I will be shot from the rooftops. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. As you know, I like to end our conversations with an ask in terms of something that you would like people to do. And it doesn't, you know, it could be anything. Um, and so when yeah. we, what, what action would you like people to take uh, after listening to this, to this show? You know, you would probably think that I was going to say, could you donate to my organization? But as I've been, um, and that would be great, but um, as I, have maneuvered and gone through this pandemic um, and understanding what it's like to lose connection um, with the people that I love because I can't be in the same room with them or see them as much. Um, I would really like everybody that's listening to reach out to somebody they haven't seen recently and just give a, I love you or I miss you. And when we can see each other again, this is what I'd like to do. Um, and, And then connect that with the siblings that we serve um, and understanding that we're getting a small taste of what they go through. Ours is going to end. The kids we serve, we don't know if they're going to connect the way we're going to be able to connect. So you know what? I think right now I would really just appreciate everybody going out and connecting somehow, whatever that looks like, um, with somebody you've lost touch with in the last seven months because the pandemic took over. I love it. I think that that's a really great thing to do. And I, I have a couple people on the top of my list that I'm, that I'll reach out to for sure. So 
You can be found at elevatingconnections.org. Are there any other places? Yes. On, are you uh, just slash elevating connections on Facebook? What? Where else can yes, you find Yes, and it? we're elevating connections on Instagram. I've kept it very simple. So. <laughs> Fantastic. That's good. That's good branding. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you exactly. so much. Thank you so much thank for you. being on the show. It was really good to talk with you again. And um, and I, I love what you guys are doing and keep it up. Thank you so much, Stu. I appreciate the time. It's Like I said, I love to talk about what I do, so thank you. My pleasure. Anytime. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Relish This, the nonprofit marketing podcast. If you want to continue the conversation and see how we can unearth some gold for your organization, head over to relishstudio.com slash podcast to sign up to be a guest on the show. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Relish This.